at Iowa. Bernie Sanders has a slight edge, but Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren are close on his heels. Monday evening's caucus vote is the first big test for the men and women hoping to lead their Democrat party to victory in November. A win here gives the champion momentum, media attention and a flood of support from donors and volunteers. For the Republicans, incumbent Donald Trump has a handful of challengers, but no one that's likely to topple his dominance leading the Republican Party. I'm Nick Harper in Des Moines, Iowa. The U.S. Senate is hearing the closing arguments in the impeachment trial of President Donald Trump. The Republican-majority Senate is expected to vote for Trump's acquittal as soon as this Wednesday. Here's Kevin McAleese in Washington. House impeachment managers and Trump's defense lawyers have four hours to put forward their final statements to the 100 Senate lawmakers. Trump was impeached by the House back in December on two charges that he abused his power when he asked Ukraine to investigate his political rivals and that he then blocked witnesses from appearing in the House investigation when his actions came under scrutiny. Trump's defence argues that the president's behaviour doesn't warrant his removal. Their position was helped over the weekend when the Senate voted against hearing witness testimony. Trump is expected to be acquitted later this week. Kevin McAleese, Washington. And China has accused the United States of causing panic over its response to the coronavirus outbreak. US authorities are now denying entry to foreign nationals if they've recently visited China. The outbreak originated in the Chinese city of Wuhan and has now spread to more than 20 countries, including the US. William Denslow has more. In response to the travel restrictions imposed by the United States, China's foreign ministry has accused Washington of manufacturing and spreading panic. Beijing adds that countries should make calm, science-based judgments and accuses the US of slapping on restrictions that are contrary to World Health Organization recommendations. Last week, the WHO declared the coronavirus outbreak as a global emergency, but stated that there was no need for measures that would hamper international travel and trade. As of Sunday, 11 coronavirus cases had been confirmed in the US, and President Trump says they're shutting down the threat. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's uh, super important for us to be here today and to acknowledge that um, just terrible news that we were just... I was just listening to right before I came on the air here. I finished my live set TV recording. Wonderful guests that you'll get to listen to later on today. And I'll also put the audio in the podcast. Uh, and um, I was listening to some news because my phone was blowing up with the uh, revelation shared by Rush Limbaugh, radio host, nationally syndicated, the biggest radio star in America, bar none. Um, he's diagnosed with lung cancer, stage four, and he's going to be going through treatment and having and people, you know, he, he always has like, this is a man who never has to worry about having fill-in hosts. There's always people who are willing to go in there. And he is going to be going in there. And so I just ask 
that you would join me in praying for him, that the Lord would heal him. Um, nothing is too big for God. Stage four sounds awful, but the worse it sounds, the bigger the problem, the worse it seems to be, the better it is for you to pray and leave it in the hands of the Lord so that he can come in and change that situation. And he can do it. We don't know what he's going to do, but we can trust him. Um, he's sovereign and he's going to take care of Rush Limbaugh the same as he takes care of all of us. And it just it's tough, tough to hear because uh, I don't know about you, but I enjoy listening to some Rush Limbaugh. OK, he is an amazing radio host and so astute and so politically influential, a friend of the president uh, and just a, an overall. Uh, he's a he's a newsmaker, but he's also a thought leader. And it's something that we all are so blessed to have been able to experience in this day and age to have a radio talent like that fully developed and just cranking out great shows every day. Um, yeah, so um, so sad to hear the news, but God is greater. And so we'll just be praying for him. Uh, so today on the program, what are we going to jump into? Well, first, let's have just a quick recap of the March for Life. You might have seen some of the Midwest March for Life uh, stories that were out there, the Kansas City, or why did I say Kansas City? Because of the Super Bowl. The Jefferson City newspapers, the news and media organizations there, I got interviewed by them. They misquoted me. Um, they took pictures. The Post-Dispatch was there. They took pictures. The Post-Dispatch did not even acknowledge that I was there, nor did they put out any um, images of me. And I spoke there right before Governor Parson. And I had a good speech. It was a wonderful, wonderful uh, turnout. 2,000 people were there. And an amazing standing room only crowd for the, the speakers on the inside of, uh, so after the march. So we spoke first outside the church, outside the Capitol. Then there was a march, and then there was speakers inside and a, and a whole program. And so I just, I thought it went really well. Even though I was blacked out from the media coverage, um, I have to assume that that's, that's just what happened and God is going to work around and through that, that it's irrelevant whether or not the post-dispatch acknowledged me. Um, yeah, they still got a real big bone to pick with me apparently from the whole, I used to write for them and I don't anymore thing. So, uh, so that was interesting. And news wise, we've had so much going on. Obviously the, uh, big story in my opinion is that China is really miffed at us. They say we're being really unfriendly to them because we don't want people flying in and out of their country when they have over 70,000 cases of the coronavirus. We now have a few cases here in America, which is kind of amazing, seeing as how we didn't have to have any. Do you know why we didn't have to have any? Because we could have quarantined them way before this. It took, and thank God for you guys. I have, I know flight attendants. I have a couple that I know. And my sister used to be one. Thank God for the flight attendants and the pilots who said, you know what, we're going to sue you to force you to stop flying us into this country with all this disease. Oh, and also, you guys don't show up for your shifts. And that's the reason why we got the quarantine. It wasn't because it was good policy or because we had, you know, clear thinking adults in any of our agencies. The airline pilots of America in the different, you know, Delta, United, etc., were like, we are tired of flying into this place and risking our lives. No, thank you. We don't have to have the coronavirus. You are making it so that we have to have it, and we're not going to participate. And so they said no. And that's why we have now uh, no flights going in there. And, and it's the right thing to do. 
it's not that we're saying we're not going to help. We're helping, but we're not going to have our people going over there. Okay. So um, I know they're, they're, you know, not, they're not happy about what we're doing and that's okay. Um, yeah, that's okay. But I, yeah, I, I was thinking about it just for a second there. That's why I paused. They have, they have every right to their feelings. We have every right to protect our people. That's it. Um, so let that, let that be all of it. Now, you might be thinking about the Super Bowl a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead and have a spoiler alert for you. I watched about 20 minutes of it. Um, and I also watched about three minutes. I might have made it to four minutes of the halftime show. I came in on the part where Beyonce... Why did I say Beyonce? Beyonce and Jay-Z sat during the, the, um, Beyonce and Jay-Z sat during the national anthem. I didn't see that. I didn't see it live. I saw the part where, um, Jennifer Lopez had on what looked like a bodysuit and she was dancing around and then she was like grabbing at her crotch and then she turned around and did some kind of movement where she showed her, her rear end to the camera in like a mini twerk and then, I told my husband, I said, I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in seeing a strip show. She rose up on a pole and swung around it. And I was like, I'm out. And so my husband changed the channel. And so I missed the rest of the show. Apparently there was some foreign like Arabic music and belly dancing going on from Shakira. Missed it. So glad I did. Here's the issue that I have right here. I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there real quick. Um, if women in America are going to say that Me Too is a thing, that we don't want to be objectified, that we don't want to be known as the sum total of the parts of our body, then why in the world would we sit there and clap like baby seals when women objectify themselves and boil themselves down to the very, like, this is my body. Look at it. I am a sexual entity. Look at it. I don't want to make it seem as if I've got some kind of jealousy thing or that I'm, you know, that's not it at all. I mean, these are beautiful women. There's no doubt about it that they have sex appeal, but they are boiling the American experience for women and thereby for men down to who has a certain shape and body type, who can move it in the most seductive ways. I mean, there wasn't even any real talent in the singing. And I know that Shakira has an amazing voice, but JLo doesn't. So the songs that they sang, the, the presentation that they put on, it wasn't family. The NFL is supposed to be known for family. And so I blame them for this because they pick them. They seem to be unable to think with their brains about what they want a halftime show to be. And am I saying it needs to be teddy bears and stuffed animals or, un, you know, fake unicorns and, and bubbles? No, it could be a show. But do y'all remember some of the greats like, one of the things that was being shared around last night was the uh, national anthem sang by Whoopi, Whoopi, not Whoopi, Whitney Houston. Woo, that, now that was singing. Um, and I know she had drug problems and all that other stuff, but I'm talking about the, the quality of the, the, the show. Like, Americans used to expect that if you were going to make it into the Super Bowl, you were going to show, you had to be the best of the best. You were going to show out. This was your opportunity to make your career, not break it, make it. Now they just get up there and J-Lo was kind of like a siren going off a little bit. It was, it was not good. And I understand that she is known for her dancing and she, remember she started off um, dancing 
on television. Well, it, she used to dance in the Bronx and all that stuff. But I mean, she's had an amazing career of dance. And she's, in the past, she's been an amazing, um, amazing dancer. But, I mean, what, what were we, like, the four minutes that I watched, why was I supposed to be interested in watching that? Next time, just have men gathered around the stage, and the ones who get up there, whoever it is, can just strip down, and the men can throw money up there and just call it stripper halftime show. Just call it that. Why pretend? Why pretend we're going to get anything for real? People were on Twitter last night talking about, well, it was an amazing display of the diversity and the beauty of the Latinx experience. Latinas rule America. Latinas rule the NFL. Latinas rule the halftime show. Okay. I mean, I'm glad that, um, you know, I, I actually hadn't thought about the fact that Latina and Shakira were, the J-Lo and Shakira were Latinas. I hadn't thought about that. I just thought about the fact that they were using their bodies like that and um, degrading themselves and making themselves into base sex objects. The fact that they are both Latinas hadn't even crossed my mind until I saw it on Twitter. So anyway, let's dig into this real quick. Um, here's the deal. You've got Jay-Z and Beyonce, and the video shows it, they were in their seats and the national anthem was being sung by Demi Lovato and they did not stand up. So I need to give you full disclosure real quick. They can do whatever they want. They're Americans and they can protest if they want to. They can show out if they want to. Okay. So this isn't about whether or not they have the right to do it. They have the right to do whatever they're going to do. They could even be breaking the law or whatever. I mean, people who break the law, they don't ask, is it my right to break the law? They just break the law, and then they have to suffer the consequences if they're caught and if their last name's not Clinton or Biden or Pelosi, what have, you know, Schumer, what have you. So um, here we are, and I just need to call uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z out for a couple of realities because um, there is no – Beyonce, Queen of America, Church of Beyonce in Atlanta, Georgia, all these other different things that she enjoys, her status as a superstar. She doesn't have that without white Americans. Do I need to say that one more time? Let me go ahead and make it good for the record and for those in the back. Jay-Z doesn't have worldwide status as a, 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 a rap artist and multiple billions of dollars in his bank account without white people across the globe buying, buying that garbage, buying it and listening to it. So if this is a situation where um, we're going to, you know, they have the right to do what they're going to do, all these multiple millions, hundreds of millions of Americans who have purchased these multiple of their albums, Beyonce's albums, their individual songs on their iPods and downloading from Google Play and wherever else, these MP3s, what have you, nobody... Nobody can make them do that. Maybe Americans who see them sitting down during the national anthem might think, you know what, I don't really love your music as much as I used to. Maybe they shouldn't continue to patronize their music because they're not rich because just black folks who are 13.8% of the population, and admittedly, black America has an enormous buying power, multiple, you know, billions, billions of dollars of buying power in America, but they're not enough to make Jay-Z and Beyonce as rich as they are. Every black American would have to purchase multiple times. And I can tell you there's a huge portion of black America that has never, I've never bought a Jay-Z album or an individual song. And if I'm not mistaken, I've never bought anything by Beyonce. So I, I could be in the minority. That's okay. I'm, you know, 
my experience doesn't have to be your experience. But what I'm saying is there's way more Americans buying this stuff than there are blacks. Just by simple nature of the number of Americans that there are and the distributions of what types and ethnic backgrounds. Beyonce and Jay-Z, while they're hating on America, they're hating on a whole bunch of Americans who are giving their lives for this country. Their family members have given their lives. They've left their limbs over in the sand in the Middle East. And a lot of people who just honestly believe in the Constitution and our Judeo-Christian founding, the founders themselves, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Federalist Papers, you name it. Americans who have also then said, you know what, I like that beat on that Jay-Z song. I'm going to get it. I like the song, you know, Single Women by Beyonce. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get her best of hits. I'm going to get the remix. Whatever. People are buying this stuff. And just like they have the right to sit down during the national anthem, other Americans have the right not to buy their music and patronize all of the different businesses that they now own and run. It's awfully funny to me that Beyonce used to sing the national anthem. She used to be all about America. And now that she's big and she's really, really successful and she's gotten everything that she can get out of America, she's squeezed every little drop of goodness that she can get out. And she's earned all the money she can earn. And she doesn't ever need to put another album out. And she can live like a queen for the rest of her natural life, her and her children. Now she hates America. Now... It's not good enough. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, just let's just know that she was fine with the display. Why do you think Jay-Z was Jay-Z sitting there with her and they're watching uh, J-Lo wear a unitard like uh, it's a bodysuit, no pants. And then she goes back and, and from one song to the next, she takes that off and she's got on basically it's a cat suit, but it's see through. It's flesh colored. And the only parts that are covered up are, you know, just the very sundries with little sparkly bits. That all comes from the influence of Beyonce and her influence into turning going from being an all-American wholesome R&B singer to what she is now. She's a huge star, but she's not wholesome. That was all because she was trying to keep up with the women that her husband at the time, her husband, Jay-Z, was promoting. And those women were risque and they came from different backgrounds than Beyonce. Beyonce comes from a two-parent home, okay? She comes from a home where her mother and her father are married and she has a sibling and her parents raised her up to be a singer and they were both there together with her, taking care of her, raising her, her and her sister. So these other women come onto the scene and they're, they're nasty and they're trying to steal her husband away. So she starts becoming more and more and more of that kind of risque bear it all, have no, no, no inhibitions type displays in her music. And she gets more and more popular. And her husband is now back focused on her because she's doing the thing. And the other women can't do it like she can. And they can't put out those albums and make those gyrations and do all that stuff like she can. And now she's a big, huge star and her husband is locked down. And now she's too good for America. Miss me with that, honey bun. You are going to do you. You have every right to do it. I'm not saying you can't sit during the national anthem. I'm just calling out the circumstances that surround this new sudden hatred of America. Which, by the way, Beyonce is rich enough to apply for a passport and purchase it. Like a lot of other really, really wealthy billionaires do. They have their backup passport in some other country just in case things get frosty over here in America. They're running to another country. And they have a house already purchased there. They have some staff that periodically check on that house and keep make sure that, you know, everything's up to stuff, pay the little minimal utility bills. And they have their passport there for them and their spouse and their kids and anybody else they want to take with them. That's passport tourism, passport shopping around America. 
Rich folk have always done it. They're still doing it. And so Beyonce is rich enough. If America is so horrible, she can go over and pay that 70% tax in France if she wants to. Put a burqa on and run around in some of those no-go zones. There's a lot of places around the world where she could go. She's, a, she's rich enough to buy her own island and set up shop. I, in fact, I think Jeffrey Epstein's island might be coming up for sale here shortly. She could have that thing raised and rebuilt, and she could go live there. She wouldn't have to ever rub elbows with a regular God-fearing, flag-waving American again. She could get herself over there with herself, entourage, everything. Take it all with you, honey. Put it on all your different private aircraft. Burn those carbon footprints to the ground and take it on out of here. And I'm not saying that because she's Beyonce or anybody else. This is my little speech for any person who thinks they're too good for America. You're not too good for us. You're lucky to be here. Every person who's an American, it's not luck anyway. It's a blessing that you've been called to be alive at this time and this point in history and that when you were born, you were born on American soil to two American parents and you got birthright citizenship. You should be standing up on your feet right now at the sound of what I'm saying and lifting your hands in utter praise to God that you have American citizenship. It's the only thing a lot of people, a billion people in fact, on the face of this planet, if they could trade anything for it besides their lives, they would. They'd trade a kid for it. They'd trade their spouse for it. They'd certainly send their mother off someplace for it if they could get that American citizenship and get in here and not be able to be pried out. You see what I'm saying? Not an immigrant who can commit a felony and be deported. I'm talking about that good old American citizenship where you're an American and there's nothing anybody can do about it. That is what Beyonce has that she doesn't appreciate. And let me just say to you real quick, because, you know, she's going to do what she's going to do. She's going to be who she wants to be. But that kind of ingratitude it deserved a couple of minutes on the show here today. It deserved getting calling out. You don't get to act like you hate this country and then nobody calls you out on it. And I know when white people call her out on it, you know, it's racism. But I'm just the same tone as Beyonce. In fact, I'm darker than Beyonce. So I certainly have the right to sit here and say whatever I want to say. I have the right to say what I want to say. It doesn't matter what tone I am, but I'm going to especially stand on my blackness today. My permanent tan gives me the right to criticize, and I just did. And what is anybody going to do about it? I hope people will remember that I've said many times, and it may be a good time to renew my call. I fear no man. I'm not worried about you getting mad at me because I got something to say about Beyonce sitting down. She should have enough energy in her legs to pop up for the anthem. She certainly had enough energy in her legs to throw them all over the place and do whatever she did to sell those records to all those white people who she now, I guess, despises because America, I hate it. It's full of white people. That's, that's her thing. That's all she's got. It's not even original. It's not even original it's 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 less than original so you know she's got the right to do it I've got the right to criticize her for it I think it's a pitiful shame and here's the other thing because I guess I'm just not done I guess I have a couple more things to say is it not true that last year Jay-Z entered into a partnership with the NFL So isn't it true that Jay-Z has a consulting partnership for the Super Bowl halftime show with the National Football League? And he's also helping the league with their social initiative efforts. He was the one who gave the NFL the permission to move forward to other social justice concerns after 
the national anthem protests because Jay-Z said, well, I'm not opposed to the protests, but I think it's time to move on. Yeah. So here's the quote from Jay-Z. He said, this is the next phase. There are two parts of protesting. You go outside and you protest. And then the company or the individual says, I hear you. What do we do next? And then, you know, you do whatever that thing is, which that's why they're consulting with Jay-Z. They want him to tell them what to do next because they want to move on from their protests because the protests were hurting their bottom line. So the Breakfast Club tweeted out, looks like despite Jay-Z's strong NFL ties, the Carters are still standing their ground and making a statement, and they gave them the fist sign. Killer Jay said, I honestly don't give a bleep. You can't force patriotism, and none of this should be shocking or surprising. And Deuce said, um, well, Jason Withen said, who cares what the D-list stars do unless they're on Dancing with the Stars? And Deuce said, trust me, there's nothing D-list about Beyonce. You must be thinking about the so-called performers Trump finally found for his empty inauguration. By the way, the anthem was written by an avowed racist slave owner who hated blacks like Beyonce. This is their call, Black History no, it wasn't. The anthem was not written by a person. <sighs> Y'all, these, these kinds of things are easy to look up and to read. So then some people were applauding them for sitting down. And then Brianna Rogers said, Jay-Z sat during the national anthem, like 10 question marks, LOL, make up your mind. Bubba said, Jay-Z sitting down during the national anthem, but we were past kneeling a couple months ago. So they're calling out the incongruity of his position. Uh, is it incongruous? I don't know. I actually don't care. I just think what they're doing is they're setting a horrible example for a lot of really young people out there who see them sitting during the anthem and they think that's a good way for me to protest. The way to protest something that is an injustice, in addition to calling out your grievances and showing up at local meetings and organizing for marches and things like that, but the best protest is the success story of your life. It's when you've been knocked down and you get back up and you keep going. It's when you're ignored and your work is discounted that you remember that you work for the Lord and you keep on pushing. It's when you don't see what's around the corner or even what's ahead of you. You have no idea what's happening or if there's any way that you're going to be able to accomplish the goals that you set. And you say, those goals go beneath my service to my Father in Heaven. I'm going to do this work to the best of my ability, even in the face of this boss who seems to hate me or these people who don't seem to appreciate me or the fact that I hate doing this work and I want to do something else, whatever the situation is. Or maybe you love your job, but you're just not getting the promotion that you know you've earned. You just keep working. It's turning in those papers, making those grades if you're in high school or middle school or elementary school. It's doing what you've been called to do. If you're a student, it's to study and do work and turn that work in and get good grades to make good grades on tests so that you can finish and go on to the next thing. Whatever it is that you've been called to do, the most high form of protest that you can ever put forward is that you put in the very best work that you can so that at some point when it is right, you will be recognized for that, whether it's with pay, benefits, you know, uh, promotion, a new job, a new position, whatever it is, it will come. What's funny to me about Beyonce and Jay-Z sitting down at this point is that they've already put in the work, you guys. They already showed up when it was 
4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. They already made every airplane flight. They wrote the songs. They showed up. They produced. They made deals. Maybe some of those deals in the beginning, especially for Beyonce when she was still part of a music group and then when she first branched out on her own, those weren't the deals that she's making now that she can write her own ticket. She can't go to someone as Beyonce from all that time ago and say, I demand that you pay me X millions of dollars. She just had to take whatever pay they were offering and she had to perform and keep doing that until she got to where she is now, where she writes her own ticket. Now that she's done the work, now that she's put in the more traditional effort, she has actually used the meritocracy that is America to climb to the very pinnacle of success in our country in arts and entertainment. And now she hates America. Now it's time to protest. Now that her bag is secure, now that her bags, billions of bags of cash, are sitting up in banks earning interest and stocks that she's purchased and she's earning interest on that and earning capital gains on that, now that she owns properties all over the world, now that real estate and every form of investment is working for her because her money that is the compensation for the work that she performed properly over years, and now she's an expert, and now her money is working for her, now the capitalist system, now America, this is just no good. Do you see how hypocritical that is? And so somebody out there right now is really mad listening to this and saying, well, you know, that's when you're supposed to do it. Once you've made it and you have a voice, you're supposed to speak for the voiceless. Well, I have no doubt in my mind that she is philanthropic and that she and Jay-Z give to charities. I have no doubt about that. And I also know that it is true. When you are a big, fancy, famous, well-known, international, you, everyone knows you by your first name. You're a star, like Beyonce. You can speak into situations. But how does sitting down for the national anthem speak into the situation that she feels is police brutality? Would it not be better for her to sit down with individual police chiefs or go on ride-alongs and find out what it's like for these men to be cops in these areas, in these inner-city environments? Would it not be good for her to sit down with Heather McDonald and examine the information from Heather McDonald's book? Because the Bible says wisdom requires wise counsel from many counselors. We are actually called to go out and get every perspective and then come to our conclusions because wisdom doesn't just say, oh, I'm only coming from one perspective. That's why I take the time to listen to the liberals. That's why I take the time to read their hate mail. That's why I take the time to consider that I could be wrong on any one of these issues. And then once I've considered it again, once I've heard yet another perspective, then I can regroup and come back and am I right? Am I wrong? Am I in the right place? That's how I changed my mind on the endless wars and Afghanistan. So if <laughs> if America was so horrible, if the police were so brutal, how did she get to be who she is? If she was really part and parcel to this horrible system, then how does she have all those billions in the bank? How did it get there? I'll tell you how. They did a documentary on Beyonce, and they showed how she has fallen on stages before. And she's, But she's the one who, when she falls, when they put the camera around to her face, like, oh, my goodness, you fell, she smiles and gets up. She's like, whoo, <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. That's the kind of work ethic she has. That's the attitude she has. She's a hard worker. So instead of her going out and saying, work hard, do it this way. This is the blueprint of success. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It, it's a lot of hard work. It's very little thanks. It's not the compensation you deserve when you deserve it. And it certainly is a lot of, you're just sitting up wondering, am I even doing what I'm supposed to be doing? 
but you just keep on getting up every day and doing it. That's it. And so she can sit down and make all the statements she wants. That doesn't teach anybody anything about how they can, too, become a part of the American success story, a history maker like she is, where you actually have done something amazing with your life. And as much as I don't agree with her in those onesie bodysuits, the fact is she sold billions of dollars worth of herself singing and dancing and being a part of the arts and entertainment world. And she is successful. Her success actually sets her outside of the criticism of others because she is able to do whatever she wants to do without ever having to worry about the ramifications because she's earned so much money at this point. She's literally Teflon. She's immune to criticism. So you might be thinking, well, why are you criticizing her? Because it's worth it to point out that she's not living what she's putting out to you. She doesn't live a protest lifestyle. She lives a lifestyle of someone who believes in what the Bible says. She's the wife of one man. Did did you not notice? She doesn't have a whole bunch of kids by a whole bunch of different men. She's married to one man. He's the only man she's ever been married to, and they have all their kids together. I don't don't think Jay-Z has kids outside. He might. I don't know. He... is her husband. They live together and they raise their kids together. They share their business interests and they are a family. She works hard. She compensates her employees. She doesn't break the law and she doesn't cheat on her husband. She also doesn't break the law. I know I said that, but I'm going to say it again. She doesn't break the law. Why am I saying that? Because some of this premise about this police brutality and the protests that go on with that has to do with the fact that some Americans, especially black Americans, want to see people be able to commit crimes and the police just say, oh, well, you know, I can't I can't do anything about that. That's a black person. I can't I can't talk to them. I can't stop them. I can't question them. But that's not the way Beyonce lives. Now, she can sit down during the national anthem and she can get all the tweets and the accolades from people who are low information and they're not really observing. But put your glasses on remove the crust from around your eye holes and see that she's not living what she's advocating for you. She sings about the single ladies, but she's married. She talks about a lot of different things in her music. It's true, but it's not the way she lives. She's not cursing and uttering a whole lot of profanity in front of her children. And she's working less now that she's a mom because she's spending more time at home with the kids. Sounds pretty traditional to me. So I, I want to be clear here. I'm not angry at Beyonce, but I think it is utterly hypocritical for someone to advocate one lifestyle while they're living another one. And all the rest of us out here are supposed to just sit here and look at it and not call it out. What she should do is go to an inner city someplace, sell all these mansions to go live in some inner city tenement and see what that lifestyle is really about. She was raised middle class, so this is not her background. That's not her experience. And I can guarantee you she's not going to do that because why should she? She's worth billions of dollars. She could buy inner cities if she wanted to. She doesn't have to live there. But she can sit down during the national anthem to try to win back some street cred with black people on Twitter. And what we need to do is we need to call it out. Because 
I don't care how many billions of dollars you have, when your house gets broken into or you think something's wrong, you may call private security. They may already be there, but you're also going to call the police. And she's no different. Rich people call the police too because they want somebody to come investigate. They want it on the record that somebody did something because they want prosecution. And there's no way if something went down at her place, she wouldn't dial 911 or have one of her people do it. Okay? So, you know, just have, <laughs> have, have all the fun you want to have. Richard Layton said in the chat room, I say it again for those in the back, go be black outside the U.S. I second that, Richard. If you want to do something about how horrible America is, first, before you get to doing anything, get you a plane ticket and go live for a week or two in some of these other countries and then come back here and do some protesting. Come holler at me. I'll have you on the show. You can tell me about your experiences. But please don't think you're going to get to sit down during the national anthem like you're making a statement or something while you're living like a traditional person, living like a conservative, but trying to protest like a liberal. I'm going to call you out on it. I will every single time. I can't help myself. I have to do it. All right, y'all. Please pray for Rush Limbaugh. And... I'll be back with you tomorrow. Don't forget to share the show. Let other people know you love this podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm Stacey on the right. I'll be back with you tomorrow.